Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. I'm coming to you from my quote-unquote new office, um, which is actually part of my uh, eldest son's room. Um, I, I have to give up my old office because we are um, moving our youngest um, into his own cot and you know letting him get used to sort of sleeping in a room on his own and, and yada yada yada. And um, in, the, in the months to come, we will end up probably putting them in the in the same room um, so to make things work at the moment uh, I've had to get my office and this is why I'm saying if the sound if it sounds a bit different the quality and whatnot um, drop me a DM drop me a message on um, Insta let me know see if it was good and it was roughly the same you couldn't tell the difference give me like a thumbs up because um, I'll like re-listen to it a little bit but um, if you're comparing like the old episodes to where I used to record the verses to here, then um, it would be it'd be good to just let me know like right, Vaughn, okay, maybe you have to fucking close the windows or X, Y, or Z, or there's too many echoes or whatever it may be. But um, I'm coming to you off the back of I had uh, Kieran competing uh, last not this past Sunday, the Sunday before at BNBF Scotland. Great show. Um, it's not often I, I get to to Natty Feds. A lot of my clients. Uh, do take gear, <laughs> but I do have a handful of really, really good natural clients. Um, I'm actually at a couple of natty shows, one next month and then a couple later on in the year, one WMBF in Dubai and then um, UKFBA regional and UKFBA finals um, and WMBF as well. So it was uh, Kieran's first show and he's so well balanced. Like, see for a natural bodybuilder, he's really good balance. And in his first show, he he picked up second, um, which you know I could see why the judges went that way. The the guy that won was um, he was really lean and was very very aesthetically um, pleasing physique you could say. But from my end, I'm biased. I think that Kieran had him on the the, the, the muscularity, but more the balance side of things. Um, Kieran's like very well matched in his quads and in his upper, whereas. I felt the guy, although he was maybe a bit more conditioned, um, he just didn't have the same balance. But that's the thing with judging. It's like as a, as a coach, you can sit in the audience, and then when when you see a result, you then just kind of have to know in your head why the judges went one way. You know, years ago, um, fuck, I I would be like, oh, that's BS, that's this, that's next thing. Whereas like last Sunday, I was like that. You know, as I like, it's fair. Like if that's what they. They preferred um, a little bit more of a tighter look, aesthetically pleasing look, and then fair play. It's just it's feedback for us to then come back that little bit tighter. And I think that's for for me like that's more of like a maturity thing as a coach and more of an understanding of uh, just judging, understanding of criteria, um, understanding of like why placings are given, um, un- like looking at different lineups across the years, and sometimes you just kind of know like. And I had this really interesting conversation with Dan Wellborn uh, last year when uh, we were speaking about just like uh, the different criteria for for figure um, and just that, you know, you'll see a lineup of people and some people will look a bit better with a little bit of a softer look. Some people look better with a little bit of a, of a more conditioned look. But when you line them up, even if one's a bit softer and the one's a bit tighter, you can still tell who looks better, right? Unless someone's really, really soft. Um, and when he said that, that, I guess that changed my perspective on uh, how I looked at judging and whatnot. And and I, I wouldn't say like I've been unhappy with any results this year. Of course, there's maybe like 
there's maybe ones where I'm like, oh fuck, I, I, I would have thought it should have went the other way, but again, I'm biased and I always will be. But yeah, so that was last Sunday, and then I go uh, the next like it's been a quiet period over the summer, and there always is. Um, you, you speak to any prep coach in the UK, for the most part, they won't have many people competing over the month of June. A lot of people will kind of go um your your April and your May, and then the majority of them will go like, later on in the season because they want to do the finals, so maybe they'll go late August, September, and then of course October. But I actually do have a fair, fair few people competing late July, mid-July, um, into August, and it's really, really busy period, um, September, October. So the first, the next set of shows I am is at WNBF on the, no, no sorry, Two Bros on the 15th of July, Saturday 15th of July, and then WNBF the... Uh, the day after and they're like maybe 30 40 minutes um away from each other so i'm very much looking forward to that and uh do you want to know what was actually really sad i put up one of those question boxes like i often do on insta um and someone said uh i've listened to every episode and i see every, i see every show but i seem so unapproachable and i uh it made me sad because i want to if if you want to speak to me at a show I want you to be able to come up and have a chat and I'll always make the time for you but I could totally understand why I might look that way <laughs> it shows and if um if this is you listening I'm not sure who it is yet they've not reached out um I'm sorry that that's maybe the way I've come across but that's not how I am it's just that when I'm uh when I'm in coach mode and I've got like say six athletes like I'm just very focused on who's next on stage who's next check and what meal do they need? Do I need to go run and get them salt or food or rice cakes? Who's next? You know, and it's um it's hard to kind of be like that's just my coach's hat. It's hard to just have have on the normal hat. There's don't be wrong. There's downtime and down period. It shows where like you're just fucking dossing about and not much is going on. Um, maybe the next check-ins you're doing are in an hour, so like that's the best opportunity to come up and speak. But if you do see me at a show, like please don't hesitate to come over. Like I'll always make the time, particularly if you tell me that you listen to the podcast. Like I'll always make the time to chat for you, unless like my athlete's just a way to go on stage. Um, actually, I've had many people. Uh, so reminder last year that I've gone to shows down south, come up and said they listened to the podcast, and it's amazing to hear. So please just come and speak to me. Um, whether you're at the Two Bros or the WMBF or any show that comes there after, but. I guess I've rambled on and long enough and it's more onto the subject of today's podcast, um, which is how how does it feel um when you're peeled, you know, when you're extremely lean, um, preparing for like a, a show, maybe you're preparing for a photo shoot, but for the most part you if you listen to this it's probably because you're preparing for a show. Um and what I would like to point out is that what I'm gonna go through is the same for an any individual, right, that's extremely lean. Now I don't care if a guy is peeled and he's able to eat, you know, between two and a half to three thousand calories versus a female that's eating between nine hundred and twelve hundred calories. Just because the guy is on more food, it doesn't mean he's going to feel better than you ladies. He's still going to feel absolutely shit if he is the same level of body fat you are. You know, if you're both extremely lean and you're pretty much ready to, to go on stage. 
that's where people sometimes get a little bit caught up with like oh but you know uh, my, my buddy my buddy Jimmy or you know my pal Sheila or whatever like she's eating more and he's eating more and oh my god that must be they must feel way better and it's like nah everybody feels the exact same and if you've never if you've never been lean before um, if you've never never competed and you're dieting for the first time or maybe you're thinking about dieting for the first time next year um, then here are a few examples of how how you might feel so number one is you'll you'll experience an incredible amount of brain fog and by that I mean you'll like your partner will tell you something and it will literally go in one ear and out the other then they'll remind you in a few days and you'll be like oh you've not told me that and they totally have they totally have but you just can't remember not only that, you find it incredibly difficult to make um, like concentrated hard decisions. So tasks that require you to concentrate quite a lot on that you usually find typically quite easy or a task that could um, maybe take you not a lot of time in an off season, you find it starts taking like double, triple the time or you're unable to complete the task without a little bit of help. Um, and I'll get, I'll get into as to why... Um, why this is the case here in a second once I've went through them all but if if you've never experienced that you're maybe listening to this going nah surely not no fucking way and like don't be naive because I was you know a lot of people approach the dining like, oh fuck how like how hard is getting peeled like surely it's not that hard it is really really fucking hard like if you want to be truly peeled it's really hard so how else do you feel? You'll one hundred percent feel like con- constantly tired, lethargic, with zero energy across the day. In fact, probably the only time you'll have energy is probably one when you've dropped clean, <laughs> right? Because you get that adrenaline hit or you have a coffee. Um, but you'll probably only time you'll feel like you have energy is when you train. And it's funny because like training performance does decrease; it kind of goes in the shitter, right? But you find you feel at your best out with training. So you'd be like driving to training and in your mind, your mind's telling you, turn around, go home, don't do it, can't be fucked, blah, blah, blah. Then you get there and you get in the session, you actually kind of feel like a little bit normal for that short while. Um, and then the minute that you leave, that is so um, quickly dropped, it's unbelievable. Like you feel... You feel alright. I'm not saying you feel good, but you feel alright because you're training. You get a little bit of dopamine. You start to drive home, and then the tiredness just hits you, and it's just like a constant feeling of being fucked. Is the best way I can describe it. Now, I'm not meaning being fucked as in like um, you know, if you're listening to this, like you know, and you've never been lean, you're thinking, oh, you mean like a hangover? Or that no, 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 no. I'm just meaning like, imagine you've just got no energy to do anything. But it's constant and that's your norm. But you have then to you're like, oh shit, I need to go do an hour of cardio. Shit, I gotta go get, you know, an hour and a half of weights in. Fuck, I gotta do half an hour of posing. Fuck, I gotta get ten thousand steps. Shit, I need to prep my meals. Fuck, I need to work my nine to five job or I need to work, you know, X amount of hours. Um it all it all it's 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 constant, right? Um I think one thing that people don't speak about is that you often become I'm not gonna say an introvert, but I think that that's probably a good phrase for it 
because you don't really speak that often around people. Now, I'm quite a, I'm quite a sociable person, and I speak quite a lot, and I'm very chatty, but my wife will be the first to tell you that any time that I diet to extremes, because, you know, in the time we've been together, I think I've dieted for dieted to extremes three times now, as I near the end of the dieting phase, um, she always says I'm a little bit like a, like a, a hollow vessel, that I'm kind of, I'm here, but I'm not around, if that makes sense. I'm here, but there's no one home. The lights are on, but no one's behind the steering wheel type thing. And uh, it's uh, it's simply because, and this is going to sound really crazy, right? Speaking is energy. It's energy expenditure. Albeit it's quite little, but it's still energy expenditure, right? So... Your brain, your body, sorry, um, it's an energy conserving machine. It wants to survive. It's all it knows. It's its natural instinct. It's why we add body fat to go through periods of particularly, say, starvation hundreds of thousands of millions of years ago when human beings maybe didn't eat for some days. We'd have that stored body fat. Whereas now we have an abundance of food, right? But our body hasn't, you know, hasn't uh, caught up to that yet. Evolution takes hundreds of millions of thousands of years. Um, so what happens is when we continually starve our body, it slows everything down. It will actively try and conserve energy, so it will tell you without you know subconsciously to not move. So this is where like when you're sitting on the couch and you just you cannot be fucked getting up to go for a pee, although you're bursting, because your body doesn't want you to expend calories because it's not getting enough. This is where like when you're sitting around your partner, your friends, your family, your body ain't speaking, right? Because number one, it, it's it takes energy to concentrate, right? I mentioned about that brain fog. It takes energy to concentrate on what people are saying, have like a an actual intellectual conversation, but also for you to just speak. You you have out with your training, out with your cardio, and out with anything to do with your prep, you'll have no energy for anything. And again, I know I'm making this sound all doom and gloom, but I'm not meaning to. I'm just I'm I'm just putting it putting out there as to like this is just this is the norm so if you're listening to this you're on prep and you're like so you're like, oh my god is, is something wrong with me i shouldn't feel like this not like you totally should and this is maybe a good episode to listen to and um, with your partner i get your partner to listen to it just because your partner can really worry about you when this happens particularly if you've been in a relationship for a long long period of time and you are someone that is really really chatty um and whatnot you t- kind of become the opposite of who you are and, and you know human beings fear change we can often really, really worry about that and if you want to like listen to to more about what i think about that go listen to the i think it's prep and relationships or prep and partners episode i've done a couple over the years and um, they're very very similar as to what they do but um your partner can really worry and it can cause a little bit of um a little bit of tension in relationships of prep you could say uh, it can cause some breakups for sure so this is kind of why as i say is like your your body's a in, in uh, is an energy conserving machine, so those tasks that you used to really need to concentrate on, this is why they take so long because your body has not got the energy to put into to concentrate in for that. Um, I'll go into strategies and then whatnot later on the podcast, but you'll typically find that alongside all of this, your sleep goes to shit. Particularly if you're a guy, um, you're using uh, certain drugs. If you go above certain dosages, your sleep can really be affected. Um, 
so not only do you have this sort of feeling of feeling fucked all the time, no energy for anything, you also don't sleep a lot. The best way I can relate to it now is, is having kids. Um, and I guess I was able to put up with the lack of sleep when I was prepping because it was a choice. And I was like, right, I have to deal with this, this, this is my choice. Now with kids and it not having been my choice, it's a bit different. <laughs> it's not comparable by any means, but I still feel fucked all the time at this current moment. Um, but like sleep will go to shit. Energy levels are in the bin. Brain fog lethargy. But at the same time, your food focus can and probably will increase. Now, if you're a first-time competitor, this will be quite prominent. As you get more experienced and time goes on, like this, this is, will be absolutely zero. Um, I could honestly say that my first show it was very, 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 very high. My second show that I did, it was none. The third show that I did, there was none. Fourth show, none. Um, I think that it's just you need to kind of experience it the first time, um, understand it, digest it, process it, feel it, experience it for to then not for you then not feel it again. Like I really struggled. The first two weeks post show and to back in twenty seventeen and again I've spoken a lot openly on these podcasts before um, but I've never really struggled a- after that at all um, but that all came down to to a strategy and regards to how I was dieting and the foods I was eating at the time um, and I think that last but not least you you can't really fo- well it's not the last one you can't really focus on anything bar your prep bar your show um, you'll often find that when and I say this now because it's like I train at uh, the garage again, the unit that we have, and I train with Chris, as you'll know, um, quite often. And as we get, as he gets to the tail end of prep, he doesn't really speak, and that's I've been there. I know what it's like, and the only way I can get conversation out of him is to just chat about his shows, chat about his prep, and that's the only chat that we have when he's at the end of his dieting phase. That's just the way it is because I remember what it's like. Just you become so hyper-focused on one thing that you lose your sense of a little bit of reality of the world, of real life, um, that you know you forget that this is only a bodybuilding show and that like, there's life after it and life goes on, but we can get so hyper-focused in the moment that we can forget about the important things and we can forget about um, our relationships, um, our friendships, you know. And, and again, I speak about that in those those other podcasts um, and last but not least is uh, you'll probably find that sex drive will take a, a quite substantial and significant plummet it will decrease dramatically um, for me from about six weeks out I just have just have zero interest um, and again that can be quite difficult um, in a relationship can't it and the reason being again your body's an energy conserving machine right so it stops sending the signal to reproduce because it's not getting enough calories to just live. It doesn't need to reproduce to live, so it stops sending the signal, right? And again, you get so hyper focused on your show that you're not thinking about that. You know, you're up four in the morning, um, off to do your cardio. If you're someone that maybe gets up quite late, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but I used to get up at four. Why? Well, I used to start work at six a.m. Um, sometimes half five so I needed to go get my cardio in come home eat breakfast shower before I could start work and that's just the way it was and it was the norm and it's the way it needed to be and you might be someone that can only do your cardio first thing in the morning and you might need to go 
you might need to go at that time. Um, but you know, when you're getting up at four in the morning, everything across your day is um, in alignment with your prep. You know, you're going to bed at eight o'clock at night because you're up so early. Number one, you find it hard to fit in um, something like sex, right? But your body just doesn't, it doesn't want it. It doesn't send the signal. There's anomalies out there. There's people that will tell you that they, you know, they're still at it one week out, two weeks out. I'd really question um, how conditioned they are if they're doing that. Are they still, are they're still able to do that. I'd really, really question if they actually are, actually are actually appealed. Like everything I'm saying here, right, is indicative if someone is absolutely inside out peeled, ready to go on stage. So if you're listening to this and you've done like a shoot and you're like shaking your head and you're like, nah, nah, I didn't feel any of that, you probably weren't that lean. And if that offends you, it's probably because it's true. That's not necessarily a bad thing and you don't need to be peeled to do a shoot. But what I'm just getting at is there might be people listening to this that are going, ah, no way, that's how you feel, that's wrong. Um, Trust me, I've competed seven times now. Um, I've put 53 people on stage. Um, I know how it feels. I speak to people in regards to how it feels. You notice trends, patterns, behaviours. Um, and it's just the way it's the, just the way it is. Now, I guess one of the big worries for a lot of people is like, how long does this feeling last for? Like, it's, this, it's at this point in a prep, like, say, roughly, for me, it's always six weeks out. Six weeks out, I just start feeling absolutely in the bin all of that and it's at that point that people can start to struggle and it's really at this point that you'll you'll see that the ones that are going to do well will soldier on and they'll be kind of like quite sadistic in the fact they'll want to su- kind of quote unquote suffer more they'll want to feel worse because they're not going to make them feel better but then you get a lot you'll get some people that will really start to struggle here it's because they want like they're losing their sense of normality and they obviously you start hating training right for some people the only reason why they bodybuild is because they love training so then they start to go well, why the fuck am I doing this why do, when I, why am I feeling this and why am I hating training and they can just fuck it all off um, but the ones that embrace this period that just suck it up and just get on with it they're often the ones that have success like every single time the ones that just get on with it, like, oh, we'll have chats back and forth about how they're feeling, and they'll say, yeah, I'm fucked. But that's not them complaining, they're just letting me know. And like when I hear those words, I'm like, right, they're at that point now. you know. And, and at that point, I'm like, right, that means we're close. That means we're not far away. If we're not feeling like this, then we're far away. Does that? Do you get me? Now, how long does this last for post-show? You may be asking, well, I often find that the minute that your show season's done, or a show or, or whatever, usually it's going to be a show season, right? So the minute your last show's done, that hyper-focus completely goes and you'll totally relax, right? So maybe you stop taking Clen as well, but just the stress, the build-up, um, of the, the chronic stress of this show, you've been something working towards for dying for four or five months but preparing for for two years, like when that weight is lifted off your shoulders, it literally just, it's like your body just goes, Ah, and, and you just feel like night and day different and that's where like because obviously more food goes in as well you don't have the brain fog quite as much the zero energy the dizziness when you're fucking coming off the stairmaster or whatever it is you find because you put a bit more food in you actually speak 
when you speak, you speak really fast. For me, what my wife said was that I'd often speak really slow, like this. And then the minute I put carbs in, I'd be, blah, 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 blah. you know what I mean? Um, you don't even realize it. Or like the speed at which you walk at is a snail's pace when you're fucked. And then you put carbs in, all of a sudden you're like power walking without realizing it. You start to instantly feel better with training because you put more food in. And this is almost immediate. Sex drive comes back in, like almost immediately. Um, everything that you, like that feeling of can't be fucked goes away immediately. The one thing that lasts, I would say, is the tiredness. Like you've, you've dieted to extremes to you know starved your body for so long. You've not had a deload in fucking months. Like your body just, it's just tired. You know what I mean? And the want to nap, um, all the time, is there for a good three weeks, maybe four weeks post show. Sleep can still be a little bit interrupted in the first couple of weeks post show, as some of the drugs are kind of coming out of your system, and whatnot. Um. But everything, like the food focus can be there for the for a few weeks post-show. Regardless of if, like, you've done multiple shows before or whatnot, just that insatiableness, I guess, um, is what I'm referring to. Uh, that'll be there for, for quite some time post-show. It depends on how you reverse, right? If you absolutely fuck it and you binge, one, you're going to get really fat really quickly, um, but you're, st- like, you're not going to get rid of that hunger signal. It's still going to be there. So you have to kind of sometimes just suck it up, put your big boy pants on, realize like, look, you put your food up by quite significantly. I mean, like first, like take Chris for example, he went from like two four, um, to then all of a sudden four like two thousand four hundred calories on trendy, when he was prepping to like four thousand eight hundred. You know that's a lot of food, a lot of food. So you obviously you, you ramp your food up to above maintenance because you're no longer trying to like in a deficit. You ramp up above maintenance, you're trying to get in a surplus, get body fat back on, um, and that should. That should take care of that, but that fatigue is just still there. So this is where like you prioritize sleep, you you train less, you maybe go from five days a week down to four, uh, maybe down to three. Sometimes you take a deload, you don't train hard, you're always training like you know two or three reps in reserve, etc. etc. But you'll start to feel back to yourself and kind of completely normal. I would say, probably six weeks post show. So mostly everything almost is immediate, right? But until you're absolutely almost back to yourself, um, I, I love the post-show period because I feel like, like I just wake up with such a spring in my step. Because you, you you wake up early feeling totally fucked and then like for so long and then all of a sudden it's a flick of a switch and you start to just feel great when you wake up. So 5am, boom, you're jumping out of bed, you're in the shower, all loads of like, your work and tasks are done really early. Um, until, you, until you then just start waking up normally still feeling a little bit tired at that time, right? Um... Are there any hacks around anything I've said? I'm going to say no. I think the brain fog one, um, the best thing I would do is like the tasks on the day that require the most amount of energy, don't do like, don't do far away from food. Do it quite close to a meal so that you have a little bit of energy in you. Um, and it could be that it's a it's a task that's maybe takes you an hour or two on the laptop or the computer. Um, you know, do it after you've eaten your post workout when you've got a bit of carbs in the system, right? Um, I mean, but any sort of food will just help those tasks around it. Honestly, there's not like 
in the last six weeks like of prep, you're going to be extremely hungry. Nothing you eat, no change of source to your veg, will make that change. Like you, you'll be chasing satiety. You're chasing a feeling of being full. You're not going to feel full. Ask someone that runs a high day when they're peeled if they feel full. They'll tell you no. They'll, they'll tell you that like you know, they eat it. And then thirty minutes later, it's like it just drops out the stomach, and it's like right, they could they could eat again, no problem whatsoever. Um, I think you're probably thinking like, is it all worth it? I'd say yeah, and that sounds really. Probably again, right? Really weird if you've never done this before. Like, what? Everything you subscribe, like, why do you want to feel like that? Because ninety nine percent of the world can't embrace that and come out the other end stronger. And um, there's an incredible, incredible amount of self pride that um, one can only really feel when experiencing it. And nothing I sit here and describe will do it justice. Um, but it's so true. It's so so true. Um, uh, and, and it's funny because, I don't know, and maybe in society today where maybe society pushes you not to feel proud of yourself, be proud of others, I guess. But this journey, when you get on stage and you step off stage, you'll feel an, an enormous sense of self-pride because you're the one that's been getting up at four in the morning, doing an hour on the stairs or eating fucking dust. Fuck all food. You've done it for so long. It's a challenge for yourself and it's why... The stage, it's the icing on the cake. Winning's great, placing's great, but coming in at your absolute best, being inside out, just being happy with the package. Like there's no better feeling than that, in my opinion. It's why probably one of my favourite preps was twenty nineteen. Just did a photo shoot on my own and I did one with my wife. That's probably my like probably my most fun prep because there wasn't as much pressure. Um, that was actually the third time. Second time, third time I got lean, um, but yeah, I'm rambling now. And then at that point, like it felt, it felt just so amazing to do that because I was ready. You know what I mean? Um, probably taught me that over the years I didn't need didn't need the shows. Uh, the shows were quite cool though. Um, does it get easier? Nah, you just get you just get better at handling it. You just get more experienced. Um, so I guess you could say it gets easier in that sense. But each year that you get absolutely appealed, you're still going to feel totally fucked. It's as simple as that. But um, I think I've rambled on long enough. As I said, guys, listen, if you're at shows, come and find me. Come and speak to me. Come and see me. I'd love to have a chat and find out a bit about your journey um, and what got you listening to to that six foot four lanky guy from Dundee's podcast. Um Give me a give me a wee DM on on Insta if the sound quality is okay on this. And of course, as always, guys, if you're thinking about joining the team, uh, I've always got space available. Why? Because I cap my numbers and I don't go above a certain amount. Um, I'd love the opportunity to work with you and to, to help you step on stage. Probably going to be next year now, if you're listening to this in your first time or 2025. I've had a couple of people sign up, come on board now, um, and their their goal is 2025 because they need that time to uh, to put on muscle mass. So listen, just go on the website hit the inquire button and fill it in and we'll uh, we'll have a chat but wherever you are in the world guys whatever you do give it the beans